Seasons. Greetings, everybody. Welcome back to the Misfits and Mysteries podcast. You guys know it's your weekly podcast coming out every Thursday where we talk about everything from cryptids and aliens to psychology and history and sewer graders and everything in between. We are your hosts, Emmy and Steve. So, Steve, welcome to the Christmas season. Yeah, I'm excited for this topic. For the month of December, we're going to be doing a more Christmas theme. Not necessarily like actual Christmas stuff, but there's a lot of really interesting pagan traditions. I've always been really fascinated by this stuff. It's coming out like Scandinavia, especially. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be, we're going to focus on a lot of folklore this, this time around. We're going to have some actual Christmas stuff as well. And we should try to see, I'm just thinking out loud right now, if there's anything around other December holidays that we should explore. Yeah, we could definitely do that. If you guys have any ideas, let us know. Yeah, we're eventually, I don't know when, but we are going to do weird Christmas traditions from around the world. Like I know a few, like there's that pooping guy in Catalan that they put in their nativity scenes. Uh Uh-huh. So... We're going to be covering all sorts of weird stuff eventually because that's just fun. (laughs) There's a lot of good things to explore. Yeah. If your country has any weird Christmas traditions, send them our way. Yeah. So Steve, do you want to tell us what we're talking about today? Uh, Sure. So today we're going to talk about the gavel goat, which is this goat that they make in Sweden that gets burned down every year. And then we're going to talk about the Yule Lads, which are... One of my favorite Icelandic traditions around the Christmas time. One of your favorites. Yes. One of my favorites from Iceland. He has a lot of favorite Icelandic traditions. And then we're going to wrap things up with episode four of Kid Nation. Let's just say shit gets real in this episode. The producers thought it was a good idea to introduce religion to a bunch of children trying to make a society. And it's not pretty. It did not go well. (laughs) It went really poorly. and. I'm excited to talk about it. But before we dive in, this would have been a great thing to talk about two weeks ago or even last week. But you heard about that monolith that they discovered in Utah, right, Emmy? Yeah. Yeah. Terrible timing for people to find it. It's been there for five years and had to wait till after our alien episode. It's been there for five years? Yeah. Oh, my God. Apparently, people have been like uh, taking photos of it and talking about it, but just no one gave a shit until biologists found it. Yeah, so it was a big metal structure that they found in the middle of nowhere in Utah, right? And yeah. some, someone thought that it was the work of aliens. Yeah, I mean, that's a speculation online. The biologist yeah. said it probably was just an art installation. Yeah. And a bunch of people found it really quickly and visited it and took photos with it. And as of right now, there could very well have been updates since I've checked. It it just vanished. It's gone. Someone removed it. Mm -hmm. Allegedly, someone who went to go see it claims to have seen a pickup truck leaving while they're entering there. So they think that could have stolen it. And according to some people that visited it, it's definitely an art installation because it's clearly not one solid piece of uh, steel. And it sounded like hollow, kind of like it was cardboard on the inside. Hmm. But it mysteriously vanished, so aliens? Unless the government is trying to take it away. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, or just a pissed off parks employee who was like, okay, fuck the bureaucracy. I'm just going to remove myself. Yeah. 
Fuck all these people coming in trying to take a photo with it. Yeah. And if you haven't checked out our Thanksgiving special, I mean, honestly, it's really not a Thanksgiving special. Like, it's not going to be outdated. We have, like, a couple, maybe one quick Thanksgiving story. We mostly talk about Mothman and Emmy's trauma related to moths. It was really more moth than man at Sarah's discussion. Um, (laughs) It was dives deep into my traumas. So you definitely (laughs) want to take a listen. Yeah, definitely more moth than man. More bird than moth. Yeah, more bird than moth at sometimes. I mean, what kind of moth is afraid of lights? Riddle me that. It's who knows. Yeah. So then it's a couple more things. Um, at the end of the episode, we're going to read off some nice comments because you guys have been leaving some nice comments for us lately. Yeah. And we're going to read some of those off. If you have any nice or particularly nice or funny comments, we will gladly read them off at the end of our episodes. Comments from our Apple podcast reviews. Yes. Also, we have one on Podchaser, which I will read off as well at the end. And finally, I guess, quick stuff to um, update you on. We will have a newsletter coming out at some point in December. We still have to, haven't decided on that yet. We'll probably know about We'll know and have information out somewhere by the time that this episode's out. And check us out. We had a really fun time going on Wide Atlantic Weird with Kian. That's his podcast. We had him on a few episodes ago. We had a great time discussing the Montauk Project. I think he said it'll be up um, either next week or the week after. You guys should go check him out. He's great. We had a really fun time recording with him. It's one of my favorite topics that we've researched so far it was a yeah. lot of fun all right want to get into the episode let's dig in so emmy have you ever heard of the gavel goat not since you told me about it <laughs> <laughs> all right so no tell me about it tell me about it <laughs> so actually I read a pronunciation. I think it's like the Yavel goat, but I don't care enough to pronounce it correctly because there's good, there's a lot of Swedish words I'm going to pronounce incorrectly. So we're, we're stupid why? Americans. We apologize. In this town of Gavel, Sweden, they celebrate Christmas by putting up a giant straw goat statue right in their town. And the thing about it is, it's not meant to get destroyed every year. That's not part of the tradition. It's against the law. <laughs> every single year, someone destroys it. Or at least 32 out of 50 of the years that it's... Or 35, I mean, out of 50 years it's been up. Someone has ruined the gavel goat. And they have security cameras and a live stream. So if you have absolutely nothing going on, it might be worth... Watch the live stream. It might be worth watching a live stream 24-7. Because we'll get into it later. But there have been some crazy attempts at destroying it. So what is it? So a little background on the gavel goat. So... The reason that they chose a goat is that in Northern European pagan celebrations during the Yule time celebration, which is in December, which is sort of transferred into Christmas now, one of Sweden's big traditions was the Yule goat. So you know Santa rides reindeer? Yes. <laughs> so in, in Sweden, sometimes Santa rides a single goat instead of a sleigh. That's fun. Instead of a sleigh. Yeah, he just rides on the back of a goat. Oh, wow. Just Santa bareback on the yeah, back of I mean, a goat? I don't know if he necessarily barebacks. I only saw a drawing of this. I do not know the proper logistics. But yeah, he rides a single goat to deliver presents. Throughout You'd think Sweden. that he would be too fat for that. You'd think. I mean, it's a big goat. 
it's it's gotta be i mean yeah. pull all those presents <laughs> yeah i think he only rides a goat to deliver presents in sweden so it's not like he has to go oh, across okay. yeah he just dumps the reindeer goes <laughs> on the goat to sweden yeah. and <laughs> so in 1966 in the town of gavel they wanted to create a new fun christmas tradition so they thought it was a good idea to make a giant straw yule goat and the first year wow. it made it to new year's before it got burnt down so it's not like this is a tradition that started later. It's just been under siege since the day <laughs> that they accepted it. <laughs> At least they made it to New Year's. I mean, yeah, that was just one time. Probably it's time to take it down by then. Yeah. In the past 50 years, it has been destroyed 35 times. Oh my God. That's more than 50% of the time. It does not make it past Christmas or even make it to Christmas. So. I wrote down some of my favorite gavel goat attacks. <laughs> attacks. Because it just has become a tradition to destroy the gavel goat, they have tried unsuccessfully to defend it by all means necessary. So they have guards stationed outside of the gavel goat, right? They mm-hmm. have security cam cam set up, they have fences, and they even at one point sprayed the gavel goat with flame retardant chemicals to try and prevent it from burning. But in 1976, someone outsmarted them and drove their car into the gavel goat to destroy Why do you it. Why feel so strongly about this? I don't know. But is someone decided funny that... funny or... The general theme, though, is like... The article didn't spe- specify this person was drunk, but it seems that almost everyone who destroys the gavel goat was drunk when they did it. So is it just like drunk people just like having a good time? Or um, like... Yes. Yeah, like a cursed gavel goat where oh like, no it's like drunk it people are like wouldn't it, it be funny if we destroyed the gavel goat i'm gonna actually send you a this is the official gavel goat website i'm just gonna send you so you can look see what it looks like it's actually really pretty and the defenses are not up to par in my opinion right now <laughs> <laughs> i mean honestly at this point they should just embrace it i know they say nope. like at this point every year we'll burn it down and there's this huge fence <laughs> surrounding it. Oh, that's sad. That prevents cars. So then <laughs> in 2001, an American tourist was arrested for burning down the goat. But when he was arrested, apparently one of his Swedish friends told him he was allowed to burn down the goat. He ended up spending two weeks in jail. Oh, my God. I'd love that excuse. But my friend told me I could do it. <laughs> I'm just an American. Yeah. And then then the next three are my favorite. They're so elaborate. So in 2005, this is one of the most famous gavel goat assaults, if you will. There was a group of, of men and women dressed up as Santa Claus and some were dressed up as gingerbread men. And they fired flaming arrows into the goat. Oh, and then, my God. And they never got caught. They really had to plan that. Yeah. They really that, had to like... That probably wasn't spur of the moment. <laughs> no, absolutely. You don't just like happen to be walking by the gavel goat with your flaming arrows. While also dressed in Santa and gingerbread men disguises. Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. And then in 2009, a group of hackers disabled the security cameras around the gavel goat and lit it on fire. Oh my God. And then this one. So unfortunately... I mean, the, the gavel goat, I don't remember if the gavel goat got destroyed in 2010, but it didn't get destroyed this way. 
but it's really unfortunate because this would have been hysterical. So in 2010, a security guard reported that he'd been offered a bribe by two men who were going to use a helicopter to fly away with the gavel goat. Oh my God. Unfortunately, it didn't happen? No, the guy turned down the bribe. Oh. Imagine the footage of a helicopter flying away with the gavel goat. That would be absurd. Yeah. So the gavel goat tends to burn down. There have been various years they've had to rebuild it because it gets destroyed so early on. And you can follow along and just watch the live stream. You might get lucky and get to see uh, an insane burn down. destruction. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. So I think the reason it keeps happening is because the burning of the gavel goat, even though it's illegal, has sort of has become part of the tradition there, even though the town may not want that to be a part of their tradition. Once we have enough money, Steve, we're going to go to Sweden and see it. Oh, for sure. We'll burn it down. And no, we'll I'm bring just... our flamey arrows with us. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I'll bring my flamethrower. If you were going to try to burn it down discreetly, how would you do it? If I was going to burn the gavel goat down? Or or just destroy it in any way. Oh, maybe I'd hire Harrison Ford to fly a plane. And then the chances are he'd crash it into the gavel goat. Oh, my God. <laughs> skydive on top of it yeah but the thing is if you lit it on fire and you skydived on top of it no i wouldn't i wouldn't light it on fire i'll just skydive on top of it and then destroy it from there oh you know what i do actually a drone yeah a drone probably the best idea a drone with like an explosive device on it yeah like the war drones yeah so that way no one can recover it and you won't know that it was me yeah, <laughs> that's how I would destroy the gavel goat. We're gonna get put on some like Swedish. I know watch list. We're gonna, like go to like just see the gavel goat, and then we're gonna get arrested. Yeah, because we'll found out that like an hour after we landed, someone stole, stole our idea. Cool. <laughs> I would love to go to Sweden, though. I Scandinavia is definitely a bucket list. It'd be so yeah. cool to go. I, I totally agree. I would love to go to Iceland too, where our, our friends, the Yule lads live. Our because, friends, the Yule lads. Yeah. Maybe that's a good, to, uh, a good transition. I'd love I'd to see play. the fjords and go to visit the Yule lads. The so. Yule lads. The Yule lads are from Iceland. And interestingly enough, there is no Santa Claus in Iceland. Nope, just the lads. Just the lads. And instead of Santa Claus, there's 13 lads. Some say nine lads. Some say up to 22. But the most common is 13 lads. And they've been around since the 17th century. And legend has it that these 13 lads, one lad every day starting on December 12th, starts coming down from the mountain where they live. And there's different ideas of what the Yule Lads are supposed to do. But I think originally, and correct me if I'm wrong, Steve, but originally it was like to scare children into being obedient. That's exactly what they used to do. Yeah. (laughs) And if they weren't being obedient or if they were crying too much, the Yule Lads would take the children and carry them back up the mountain to do whatever. Their mom, we'll get into Gryla, the, their mother, but she would cook them up into stew. Oh, that's yeah. good. 
Yeah. So the Yule Lads now, you put your shoe on the windowsill. Mm-hmm. And if you're a good boy or girl, you get a little present. And if you're bad, you get a potato. But I'd rather get a potato than coal, right? Yeah. I mean, at least you need a potato. <laughs> need a potato. Yeah. And then the children leave some leaf bread as gifts, which is like a thin, crispy flatbread made specifically at Christmas time in Iceland. Hmm. So I guess before you end the lads, we should talk about their parents. Mm-hmm. And they also have a cat. So the mother of the Yule lads is Gryla. She is a scary troll, and she has the ability to detect when children are misbehaving all year long, kind of like Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. She does not leave her home until Christmas time, or back then it was when they celebrated Yule. So what she does is she goes down the mountains and hunts the naughty children to make stew out of them. And according to legend, there was never a food shortage for the lads and their family. Just a bunch of bad children. A bunch of naughty little kids. Instead of getting coal, they get eaten. <laughs> <laughs> and then they have a dad. Uh, I'm not going to be able to pronounce this. Lepaludi. And all the information I found about this guy is that he's a lazy man who doesn't do much. He doesn't capture or cook the children, but he sure as hell will eat them when they're made for him in a stew. Lazy dad. Classic. Lazy dad. So the Yule lads also did not become these benevolent gift givers until the popularization of Santa Claus. And then they're like, okay, they don't harass children. The Yule lads give presents and potatoes if you're bad. Yeah. And so each of the different 13 Yule lads has a different trick that they play or some way that they harass people during the holiday season. Uh, some some of these are tricks, but honestly, I think these are mostly theft. This is mostly a, a mix of petty theft and harassment. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's not even anything that would be that bad. It's just kind of like minor disturbances. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they just make your life minorly inconvenient. Yeah, it's like what you do to someone that you like kind of hate but don't want to do anything bad to. It's just it's like... someone you want to just torture a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Oh, I wish they would get like a paper cut or like. Yeah. That's so, that's what these guys. So they also have a cat, a Yule cat. A Yule cat. So, you know, Gryla and her husband and the 13 lads all live with this cat. And it is allegedly a ginormous cat that, quote, towers above the houses. So it comes around on Christmas Eve mm-hmm. and, you know, it lurks through the countryside and it peeks into your windows. And <laughs> if you're not wearing new clothes <laughs> on Christmas Eve, it will eat you. <laughs> so basically it only eats poor people. <laughs> well, that's what, when I first heard this, I was like, oh my God, that is terrible. Like, how bad would you feel if you can't afford clothes and you also think that this cat is going to come and eat you? That is <laughs> awful. <laughs> so I guess where it comes from is, so the cat is a bit newer than the lads themselves in mm-hmm. terms of the folklore. It's 19th century as opposed to 17th century when the lads came out. But yeah, so farmers made their own clothes 
back in those days and kind of as an incentive for the farmers to have their kids and the people working on the farm to press the wool before Christmas and make all of the clothes before it really got cold outside. Ah. That was their incentive to make the clothes faster. So then by Christmas, you know, the the Yule cat comes around and you won't get eaten. Oh, I mean, that actually makes sense. So it's not as bad as I was thinking. <laughs> no, it's not just like, oh, you're poor. Like <laughs> It's like, oh, don't be lazy or the Yule cat's going to eat you. Yeah, I so- mean, I feel like all these kind of have a little... They all, they all sort of do. It's like just scaring you straight kind of and getting your new Yeah, I mean, some of them I don't really understand, but. Yeah. So out of curiosity, is this like a big cat, like a predator or is it like a giant house cat? It is a house cat. Ooh, is it a specific color? Uh, I think it's just dark enough where it will blend in with the. With the night, with the night surroundings, but it, yeah, so it's it definitely not like, has these like bright yellow eyes, like creepy yellow ooh. eyes, like looking through your windows. That's not good. No. <laughs> All right. So now that we now we have an idea of the lads' families. Let's get into the lads. You have the first lad who arrive to arrive. Yes. So the first lad comes down from the mountain on December twelfth. Each from Ladsville, year. if you will. If you will, if you will (laughs) indulge us. (laughs) So in English, the name of this lad is Sheepcoat Claude. (laughs) And are we going to try to say them in? No, I didn't even write those names down. I don't think, I don't think that we can. I I think that we're just going to embarrass ourselves. So no. (laughs) So his whole thing, Sheepcoat Claude, which like that is a terrible name. Like that's, <laughs> that's a really bad name. So hard to say. So his thing is that he comes down and goes to your sheep and he harasses them by drinking milk directly from their <laughs> from their teat <laughs> as it's put in the poem <laughs> directly from their teat. But he's very bad at harassing the sheep because he has these wooden peg legs (laughs) and he can't bend down. (laughs) So he he wants to harass them and sometimes he's able to do it. But like for the most part, he just really can't reach them. (laughs) Really tragic and silly. (laughs) It's just like, how do you even think of that? Yeah. I, I'll actually, I'll, I'll read the part of the poem. Please do. So, he came stiff as wood to prey upon the farmer's sheep as far as he could. He wished to suck the ewe's teat, but it was no accident. He couldn't. He had stiff knees, not too convenient. <laughs> <laughs> Rhyming accident and convenient, I mean, that is... That's impressive. That's impressive. I imagine it rhymes better in Icelandic than it does in English. Yeah, I mean, like, sort of, like, you could kind of make it work, but... Who knows? So, I think another thing about the lads is that, if I remember correctly, they stay for 13 days. So, I guess he would depart on the 25th. He departs on Christmas Day, yeah. Yes, on Christmas Day. 
Mm-hmm. So that's pretty funny. So the next of the Yule lads is Gully Gok. He arrives on December 13th and departs on December 26th, the day after Christmas. And what Gully Gok's whole deal is, is he'll hang out like outside of your house in a goalie. If you don't know what a goalie is, that's like a ditch on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. And he'll just hang out there until it's late at night. And he goes into the the cow's house and much like his brother, just sucks the milk straight out of the teeth of the cows. Oh my god. <laughs> There's clearly related. And he robs so a family. He hides in the gully. Yeah. And so then he creeps all night and you're all day in your gully. And he goes and sucks the milk directly out of your cow. Wow. I mean, this these two first days really the animals harder than anything else yeah and the reason it's so upsetting is that he's robbing these families of the key ingredients they need to make their sauce and to make skyer which is like a type of yogurt mm-hmm. what i'm wondering is i think goligok and skyer gobbler his other brother will get in later they must have a conflict because goligok's making it difficult for people to make skyer and skyer's whole deal is just consuming that stuff mm, that yeah. is a conflict for sure. Yeah, and so Goligok's whole thing is that is not even though only rich people in Iceland owned cows, it usually also affected the poor people who were working on the farmsteads. So he was a bad dude because he's screwing with people, the both the poor and the rich. I mean, I don't even understand what the message is here. Is it like check your goalies to make sure that the Goligoker doesn't suck your cows dry? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, some of these, I just really have no idea what the lesson would be. <laughs> I have no clue. Who knows? So I'm going to read the passage for Goligok. The second was Goligok. Cray his head in mine. He snuck into the cow barn from his craggy ravine. Hiding in the stalls, he would seal the milk while the milkmaids gave the cow herd a meaningful smile. That one's just sad. I know. I think you have the next few, right? Yes. Yeah, so if everyone's wondering, Emmy and I, uh, because without really reading more than a description, we sort of did like a a snake draft (laughs) to decide who got who. We might be talking more at different points, but we'll see. Yeah, we just uh, picked them based on which names we liked without looking into them first. But we're going in order of the the date that they come down. Yeah, Yeah, we wanted chronological. Yes. So the next is Stubby, (laughs) (laughs) also known as Itty Bitty. Itty Bitty, that's a cute little name. Yeah, cute. Comes down the mountain on December 14th, leaves on the 27th. You know, as the name might suggest, he is, quote, abnormally short. (laughs) (laughs) And when the kitchen is really busy during the holidays, you know, you might be... Yeah, you got a lot of people in the kitchen, a lot of family in the kitchen, a lot of people cooking. He sneaks in and he takes all of the crust off of your pans. That is so inconvenient. But honestly, like it's he kind of cleans up for you. Like no does put crust on the pans. But does it mean like crust, like leftover, like eggs, let's say, that gets burnt on there? Or does it mean like pie crust? Like, no, you have a pumpkin pie that is just the pumpkin part, no, no pie. No, it, it says that he comes to steal the scraps off of your unwashed pans. Oh, that's not bad. That's great. 
I wish I, someone would do that in my kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. I don't see how that one's bad. I don't either. And it says that there's some disagreement over whether he prefers sweet or savory remains. So if it would be like the dessert or your leftovers from dinner. Is there some catch? Does he like shit on the floor after or something? <laughs> like to make your life miserable? Or is he no, just like a good one? Like he just takes away the food that you would have washed off your pans. Nice. I mean, that sounds awesome. Do you happen to have his passage in the poem? I do. So Stubby was the third man called a stunned little man who watched for every chance to whisk off a pan and scurrying away with it. He scraped off the bits that stuck to the bottom and brims his favorites. Oh, that's nice. Cute. That's cute. I I like Stubby. Stubby. (laughs) I like Stubby. You sent me that quiz, which uh, which Yule Lad you are, and I couldn't find a way to take it. So we're gonna make our own Yule Lad quiz. Yeah, we are. And we're gonna, and unlike the the other quiz that has been in limbo since August, <laughs> we're gonna actually make this one in a timely manner. Yes. <laughs> yes, we are. So the next is Spoon Licker. He comes down the mountain on December fifteenth, and it says that due to his eccentric longing for the food residue left on wooden spoons he must sneak into the kitchen to satiate his hunger is he said oh my god the wording of that is incredible right (laughs) like he he's just like addicted like he can't he can't not sneak into people's kitchens to lick their spoons (laughs) he should be on my strange addiction Right? Seriously, can you imagine just like someone tiptoeing into your kitchen? All they want to do is lick your spoons. Is it just your dirty spoons or is it like a nightmare where he's like licking the clean ones? Rusty spoons. <laughs> that was some salad fingers, right? Salad fingers. That's Throwback. Really cool. That's so long. That's like that, original. I just YouTube. found that from like the depths of my brain. <laughs> it's food residue left on wooden spoons in particular and Ooh. he also has an incredibly muscular tongue <laughs> that is disgusting sounding right some of them just have really strange you know like the sheep coat clod has like these peg legs mm-hmm. spoon liquor has this tongue a muscular tongue so i can read his passage please do <laughs> So the fourth was spoon liquor, like spindle he was thin. He felt himself in clover when the cook wasn't in. Then stepping up, he grappled the stirring spoon with glee and holding it with both hands for it was slippery. (laughs) (laughs) So gross. It's disgusting. imagine telling your kids these stories at night in december yeah like okay i don't even know what what you would tell them what's the lesson clean the dishes i don't know (laughs) or else this lad with a muscular tongue will come in and lick our spoons (laughs) that is weird go lick our spoons There is definitely someone from Iceland who's going to tune into this and hear the thing about licking their spoons and they're going to like have a visceral reaction because they were 
so afraid of spoon liquor when they were a little kid. (laughs) What really is funny to me is that they couldn't come up with any names that are more creative. It's just spoon liquor. Goligok's the only one where it's like, what does he do? Everyone else is like, they're profession. And it's like got gully in the name. Yeah, but you don't know that he's going to suckle milk from the cheek. Yeah, I mean, that's that really comes out of left field. I wonder if they picked the names first and then like worked backwards. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, gully gawk. uh, What's scary about someone hiding in a gully? He's going to drink all our milk. (laughs) Yeah. Let's scare about licking spoons. I don't I know. We'll call something later. <laughs> we'll just call him spoon liquor. <laughs> well, the next one, kind of similar, is pot scraper. <laughs> <laughs> so pot scraper comes down right after spoon liquor uh, on December 16th. Mm-hmm. And it's said that he is one of the most avid pranksters of all of the Yule Lads. So what he does is he knocks on your door and then runs away like a ding-dong ditch. Oh, wow. It's like an OG ding-dong ditch. Yeah, OG ding-dong ditch. So you come out to the front porch. You're like, oh, there's nobody out here. And while you're doing that, while you're at the front porch, he runs around the back porch and goes through your pots and eats whatever you have, like your scraps. Is he similar to like spoon liquor where he's eating just scraps? Or is it your food that you're going to eat later? I, you know, I'm not sure. I, yeah, I, I think it's just the scraps. Wow. Hmm. So based on based on what I'm looking at in the poem, it seems like he just... <laughs> comes around and scrapes the remains from your pot and then eats it and then runs away before you ever knew what happened. Wow, that's Again, super convenient. I know. Like, your spoons are clean, your pots are clean. Why would you ever do the dishes? And yeah, and then and December then, 12th rolls around. And then Stubby comes around and gets all the crust off of them. And like, I know. So Stubby gets the pans, Spoon Liquor gets the spoons, and Pot Scraper gets the pots. I mean, Mm -hmm. I would never do dishes. I know. Yeah, so you want to read the passage for um, Pot Scraper? Pot Scraper, the fifth one, was a funny sort of chap. When the kids were given scrappings, he'd come to the door and tap. Ooh, I like the rhyme. I know, right? And this wasn't even written in English. I I know. (laughs) And they would rush to see if there was really a guest. And then he hurried to the pot and had a scrapping fest. I love it. It reminds me of Dr. Seuss. It's cute. I know. It's adorable. I feel like it should be creepier for these trolls that come down and carry children away. But all they want to do is just eat your food scraps, apparently. So in the vein of the last three Yule Lads we've talked about, we have... Bull liquor. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and he arrives on December 17th and departs December 30th. So you have a long time with bull liquor. Yeah. And long. Bull liquor, what he likes to do is he hides under under a kid's bed, waiting for them to put down their asker, which is a type of bull with a lid used instead of dishes, which he steals. 
And what he'll do is he'll slurp down whatever bit of your nighttime bowl of soup you don't finish. <laughs> my life would be ruined if my midnight soup was eaten for me. <laughs> Is it common for children to eat soup in bed or are they trying to discourage kids from eating in bed? I I don't know, but he will quite literally lay beneath a child's bed waiting for them to finish their night soup. It must be common. When the children are satisfied, he will readily snatch up their remaining food and guzzle it down himself. And then the kids don't even have to wash their bowl again. Exactly. Only you probably do because I don't think you really see the the one thing is like, yeah, it's nice that these people are cleaning it for you. But do you really want to use your spoons after spoon liquor is like disgusting all over it? Muscular tongue. (laughs) You don't know where that thing's been. You're right. So I'm not gonna read the passage for bull liquor. Bull liquor, the sixth one, was shockingly ill bred. From underneath the bedsteads, he stuck his ugly head. And when the bulls were left to be licked by dog or cat, he snatched them for himself. He was sure good at that. Aww. Okay. So bull liquor is an asshole. He stole stole from dogs. That's unacceptable. Maybe that's the lesson is like your animals were going to get it anyway. So like, just don't leave it out. Like, yeah. Away. Oh, maybe that's a lesson there. So the next Yule lad is door slammer. This is by far, I would say, one of the most inconvenient <laughs> lads. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> he arrives on December 18th and leaves December 31st, which is far too long. Door Slammer, <laughs> his whole deal is he sneaks from home to home, reaching the furthest ends of the West Fjords to the bustling center of Rijka Javik. And what he does is he breaks into people's houses and slams every single door nonstop until everyone in the house wakes up and he runs away to the next house. <laughs> and that's all he does? He, he's not trying to get food or anything? No, he's not trying to get food. He's not trying to, like, steal kids or anything. He's just an asshole. He's just slamming the... Wow. Yeah, his whole deal is he's just like, let me break into a house and just slam as many doors and just ruin people's night. And then once he wakes you up, he runs away. That is rude. So rude. Okay, so now the passage for Door Slammer. This should be a good one. (laughs) The seventh was Door Slammer, a sorry, vulgar chap. When people in the twilight would take a little nap, he was happy as a lark with the havoc he could wreak, slamming doors and hearing the hinges on them squeak. What a creep. Yeah, Door Slammer is still an asshole. Door Slammer is the worst. I actually hate door slammer. I would that would just ruin my life. Like, I would rather have someone peeping in my windows or licking my doors or spoons, whatever. Because imagine for thirteen nights, this guy's just slamming doors while you're trying to sleep. I wonder if the parents just like slam kids' doors. <laughs> I almost wonder for thirteen nights <laughs> just to fuck with them. The kids are being particularly bad. Yeah, just like, oh my god. <laughs> I can't even discern a a lesson from that. I really can't either. I mean, maybe that's like a scare tactic that the parents used. I'm not kidding, like slamming their kids' doors at night. I mean, it makes sense. Ah, who knows? <laughs> you've been bad, so I'm... If you've been bad, you don't get to sleep. Get you. Exactly. 
Okay, so then the next one is Skyer Gobbler. So there's not a ton written about Skyer Gobbler, but Skyer Gobbler arrives on December 19th and leaves January 1st. He has an affinity for Skyer, which is similar to yogurt, and he, quote, can't control himself and has to steal that yummy Skyer. <laughs> that was a quote from an article I read. <laughs> and not control is like Spoon Licker. Yeah, he's like Spoon Licker. He cannot control himself. What I want to know is what kind of relationship do he and Gully Gawk have? Because Skyer's whole thing is just eating yogurt, right? Yeah. He just eats yogurt. And his brother, Gully Gawk, drinks all the milk so they can't make the Skyer for him to eat. So I just feel like they're, they can't be good friends. They can't be good friends. You're right. Which is sad. I feel like a lot of these kind of overlap. I mean, one of them's trying to eat the scraps from the pot. One's trying to eat from the bowl. One's trying to eat from the pans. There's a lot. There's a lot what? of competition yeah. going on. Yeah. Skyer Gobbler's Passage. Skyer Gobbler, the eighth, was an awful, stupid bloke. He lambasted the Skyer tube till the lid on it broke. Then he stood there goblin. His greed was well known. Until about to burst, he would beat howling groan. Oh, wow. Sounds like the average American on uh, Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Yeah, unfortunately. (laughs) Unfortunately. I was definitely a bit bloated. Even though I didn't eat that much on Thanksgiving. The alcohol and stuff as well does you in. I mean, you have to. It's just like that's what you do on Thanksgiving. Just American tradition. Eat yourself. Exactly. It's the only time it's acceptable to overeat. Yeah. The next one we have is Sausage Swiper. So Sausage Swiper arrives on December 20th and departs on January 2nd. Sausage Swiper likes to sneak into houses and he'll hide in the rafters of your kitchen and he waits for the dinner to be cooked and then he snatches your sausages and books it out of there. Oh, wow. So he is just rude. That is rude. He's a rude dude. Sausage Swiper's passage. The ninth was Sausage Swiper, a shifty pilferer. He climbed up to the rafters and raided food from there. Sitting on a crossbeam in soot and in smoke, he fed himself on sausages fit for the gentlefolk. I like the rhyme, but like still an asshole. Still a jerk. Absolutely. These are all very like gluttonous. Yeah, very good. Maybe except for door slammer. Except for door slammer, he's just an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> if if you're trying to like a which one of these is not like the other, it's like all these people are eating stuff, and then door slammer comes in and just ruins everyone's night. Well, the next one that I have is not related to food, and he's kind of weird. Go for it. Okay, so the twenty first is window peeper. <laughs> It has to be the creepiest one of them of all. Right? And that's actually, from my research, it said that everyone, like, fears him the most. Yeah, I get it. (laughs) And it's really, there is not a lot to it. He would just peep inside people's windows to see if there was anything to steal. But I did (laughs) not see any record of him actually stealing things. He just just peeps and sees if there's anything to steal. And he's like, all right, that's cool. Nice. He's just like, ah, this house doesn't have good stuff. Maybe he's peeping for the Yule cat. Maybe. Maybe he's like, yeah, these people don't have new clothing. 
Yeah. <laughs> they don't have anything to steal. They probably won't have new clothes by Christmas. <laughs> this person's a poor. They don't have anything nice to steal. Kill them. Oh my God. So sad. Do you have a passage? I do. So oh, yeah. the tenth was Window Peeper, a weird little twit. <laughs> who stepped up to the window and stole a peek through it. And whatever was inside to which his eye was drawn, he most likely attempted to take later on. So maybe he did steal stuff. Maybe. Interesting. Interesting. Very interesting. The next one, who seems similar to Door Slammer, but actually is very different, is Doorway Sniffer. (laughs) (laughs) What? Doorway Sniffer? Yep. (laughs) What the hell is his deal? (laughs) He has an extremely long, large nose, an incredible (laughs) sense of smell, and he goes right up next to your doorway underneath the, the little crack in the door to smell out yummy loft bro. I don't know if that's how you say it. So it's no idea. Yeah, it's a traditional Icelandic bread served during Christmas season. It's like a flatbread cake. Mm -hmm. And it's just what everyone has during the Christmas season. But he sniffs it out and will take it from you. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) So I will read his passage. 11th was door sniffer, a dotlish lad and gross. He never got a cold, yet had a huge sensitive nose. He caught the scent of lace spread while colleagues away still ran toward it weightless as wind over dale and hill. Interesting. I'm just picturing whoever wrote this was like running out of ideas. Yeah. Fuck it. Doorway sniffer. We already (laughs) slammed the doors. What else can we do with doors? (laughs) Yeah. Sniffing them. Okay, sure. We'll, we'll make a backstory after the fact. He sniffs doorways. Okay. But they've already eaten everything that there is to eat in the kitchen. What else? Oh, not quite, Emmy. The last one you won't even think is edible. All right. All right. <laughs> Actually, my next one has to do with food, but not in the same way. All right. So this is the 23rd of December which is St. Thorlax Day. I guess that means something in Iceland. And the man who arrives on this day is Meat Hook. That is a scary name. Right? So he has a long stick and he pokes it through the chimney to snag a smoked leg of lamb that usually hung from the rafters or alternatively, smoked lamb from any pot in the kitchen so he and pot liquor must be competing then they must really be button heads yeah so, That's so weird that must be a really long meat hook that can reach down a chimney and grab it like a lamb right and like <laughs> did people in those days just have lamb legs hanging from their rafters i mean honestly maybe i i wasn't around back then but perhaps i mean it seems like they must he must so, have. And I guess this kind of lamb is traditionally served on St. Thorlax Day, which is on the 23rd. So ah. it makes sense. Yeah. Do you um, have a passage for him? Yes. So 
Meat Hook, the twelfth one, his talent would display as soon as he arrived on St. Thorlac's Day. He snagged himself a morsel of meat of any sort, although it, his hook at times was a tiny bit short. It's <laughs> cute. It's cute. So the final lad arrives on December 24th and departs January 6th. And he is Candle Stealer. Mm. Candle Stealer likes to follow children around and steal their candles. It's not like he steals these valuable candles and uses them. He eats them because, of course. Of course he does. He's a Yule lad. He has to eat everything. That's disgusting. Yeah. So this one makes sense, right? This one, I, I see the message behind it and like what you're telling the kids. The lesson is, so candles were incredibly valuable in Iceland because during this period, there's about 20 hours of darkness a day. And candles are the only available tools for the Icelanders to enjoy their favorite pastime, which historically has been reading. And over Christmas time, everyone would read together. Mm. So and that was their only light source. Yeah, that was their only light source. And that was their like activity. And that was what they did for fun. And the this asshole would just steal their candles. And I guess the lesson learned from this is take better care of your important possessions or candle, candle stealer is going to eat your candles. <laughs> I'm going to read candle snatchers thing. All right. The 13th was candle beggar. Twas cold, I believe, if he was not the last of the lot on Christmas Eve. He trailed after the little ones who, like happy sprites, ran about the farm with their fine tallow lights. A Christmas itself. So a wise man writes, the lads were all restraints and just stared at the lights. Then one by one, they trotted off into the frost and snow. On 12th night, the last of the lads used to go. Their footprints in the highlands are affected now for long. The memories have all turned to image and song. Oh, I guess that wasn't just um, Candle Stealer's passage. Um, it's just but, like the end of the... Yeah, well, I mean, it works, though. Cause yeah, wraps everything up. Wraps up the story. This is the only one where I've learned a lesson. I think the rest of them just scare kids for no good reason. For no reason at all. Right, Sausage Swiper, now you have to just worry that... Someone's going to swipe your sausages. Meat hook. Get to worry that someone's going to steal your leg of lamb. And the kids are not the ones hanging the leg of lamb from. And like Goldie Gawk, the poor kid has to worry that some, some creep is going to come and just suck all the cows dry. And the sheep. <laughs> and the sheep. That's a lot of this things to worry about. It's like a terrifying time to be a child. I totally agree. So those are the Yule ads. I think they are the most fun thing we've talked about so far. <laughs> there, yeah. I mean, there's just a lot to talk about. They're just so strange. I mean, how do you even make this up? I don't know. They're such lads. I love the Yule lads. Little lads. Yeah. So I'm so glad that I learned about the Yule lads and we were able to research them because they're hysterical. Yeah. I mean, it is a good way, like if you want to scare your children into doing something, but don't want to like terrify them, it's just like, Oh, maybe someone will come in and like lick our spoons or like, they're going to eat all of your nighttime soup. Yeah. But it's not like, okay, someone's going to come in here and like murder you. Yeah. You know, it's not like the Krampus 
Yeah. Because Krampus is also related to the Yule Lads in a way, but we'll get to that in a separate episode. That's going to be its own topic. They're definitely related tangentially through that kind of folklore. Yeah. All All right. right. Are you ready? We're ready. All right. So Kid Nation episode four, the one where they decided to add religion into an already divided group that they have split up by tribe, by social class, and now by religion. By age. Age, because these producers are apparently smart and or insane. I feel like they're kind of scrambling for content at this point. I feel like we're talking about the same problems over and over again. Yeah, they added in religion, which made... Certainly did add some uh, drama. Yeah. It starts off with Morgan and Sophia going to fill water. And Morgan asked Sophia if she thought God put them there for a reason. And my reaction to that is no. Your parents' (laughs) poor decision-making skills put you in New Mexico. (laughs) Because your parents thought that they were going to get rich and famous off of this show. Yes. The show that failed after one season. Yep. And then my next note is Gylan? Question mark. What a name. There's a character named Gylan. Yeah, who we've literally never seen before. Literally never seen. They kind of start off by going back to that book. Yeah, that goddamn book. Yeah, so there's like this book with all the traditions that used to happen in, in the town. And one of the things that they suggest you do is bring religion into the town to like help I don't even know what the rationale um yeah anyway so it basically they they think it might bring some like moral order to the town or something so they bring religion into it but of course all it does is create drama oh yeah I a quote I wrote down is Devad or however you pronounce your name who I have not seen before until... I see who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she said, I wrote this quote down. She said, putting Democrats and Republicans in the same room, that's like putting Hindus and Christians in the same room. And I said, um, what the actual fuck are you talking about? I think you're... And also, like, what is the problem? I think you're kind of a bigot because they're Hindu and you're Christian. Yeah. And then the kids started talking about Christians are better or like a bunch of like Jew crew, stuff like that. Yeah, a bunch of kids got together like a Jew crew or something. And it was just like kind of uncomfortable. But the leaders proposed creating like one service where they have all of the religions together and like everyone can speak on their own religion. Yeah. And then nobody comes. Which I almost like better because I did get a vibe from this episode that the producers were really pushing the kids to think this way. And I'm sure that the producers were like, okay, don't come. Or like didn't even, maybe they even like filmed it afterwards. Mm -hmm. They were really hateful. I don't think that they'd all get back together and be friends so soon. No, and I also don't think that they wouldn't come to the service. Like, I I really think that they would go, or at least someone would go. 
Yeah, I like Alex a lot. I think it's adorable that he did a survey to find every single person's religion. Yeah. And I also like that he's like, there shouldn't be arguments. He's such a cute little kid. He's cute. Yeah, yeah there was a lot of good quotes in this. And one of my favorite things, this isn't even, this is kind of off topic, but did you notice how every single episode, at least once episode, Mike just screams, everybody shut up. Yeah. Every <laughs> single episode. It's like, all right, it happened at the town hall at this one. I was like, okay, here we are again. Yeah, I know. It's classic. He does do that every single time. So back to Morgan. I really liked how Morgan brought everyone together and got everyone to actually do like a religious service thing, which is why I really think that this was, they're trying to plant the strife, the producers, because everyone's like, oh, sure, we'll go to Morgan's thing. And I think part of the reason is that she did it in such a nice way, whereas all the town leaders were like, everyone go to the courtyard for church service. Yeah, we're like, doing it now. She was like, hey, we're on this. You can come if you want. Everyone, That's like more inviting then. You have to be here right now. Yeah. And I wrote down, like, if Morgan doesn't get the gold star like this is a steal she's deserved it for so many weeks i know but i mean we're we're gonna talk about that at the end but yeah zach zach was a tough tough contender this week he was he definitely was yeah i will say i don't really remember where this was but what i thought was hysterical is one of the kids who clearly is too young to understand this stuff is talking about zach being Jewish and not in a negative way or anything. It says he should get a gold star. And I'm like, "Uh Oh, you don't know what you're saying, buddy. <laughs> like it's really innocent. Cause he clearly hasn't taken like world history or anything. He doesn't know yeah. about the Jews and stuff, but it's like, Oh boy, you think they would have cut that. <laughs> no. And it's just like, these kids don't know anything. I'm not like the language to like talk about people who are different than them. And, like, I know. It's probably a good thing for them to learn, but I feel like the producers were just fueling the fire with this one. Oh, yeah. They're like religious conflicts. This is definitely, this is like the height of, or not even the hikes, it it lasted forever, but like the war in Iraq. Yeah. And a couple kids actually said that this is how all wars are started with differences over religion. So let's just not talk about it. And it was kind of like, oh, whoa. That's not good. Yeah. Like you Um, guys know more than you're supposed to. Yeah. And then Sophia said at one point, I hate the yellow team so much. And I totally agree with her. The yellow team is disgusting. They suck. I want Zach to throw a coup because he's the only useful person on the entire team. Taylor, I don't understand how she's still there. I wish there was a way for them to like vote her off the island. So the title of the next episode is Vive la Revolution. So I'm hoping... Mm. I'm hoping that they get rid of her because I hate her. I was really hoping that they'd be shoveling shit at the end of this episode. Yeah, and it's just kind of like they've been planting this seed of like, okay, everybody hates Taylor. Everybody hates Taylor. She's not doing what she's supposed to, but like nothing's happening about it. And like the conversation isn't really going anywhere, you know? I don't think they're assertive enough. That's the issue. Well, it's like, what can they do? Just overthrow her power, start ignoring her? Yeah, I guess so. I also wrote down, why the hell is Jared always lying down when they interview him? He's always lying down. 
he is so freaky, but in a good way. Yeah, I actually kind of liked him this episode. He didn't scare me too much. He like was, he did like, with the meditating before the challenge and like he's just kind of he's just a kid. Yeah, there were a lot of people this episode. Where the hell have they been hiding? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, we didn't even really seen Zach before. This yeah, episode. he sort of showed up at the end of the last episode where he uh told everyone that like pick, all the old kids had to pick up outhouses. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then I guess the next thing that really happened is I went to the challenge, which was basically making a giant puzzle, and they had 30 minutes to complete the puzzle and raise it up, or they would not get the prizes. Yeah. Blue won the upper class. Red is the merchants. And Laurel said something where she said, something always goes wrong, it's not fair. <laughs> and green almost beat yellow out but they're now but yellow is the cooks again so everyone's gonna starve and the green are the fucking laborers and they're screwed again like it's it's just honestly so sad at this point that green cannot get their shit together i do not understand it i know it's really upsetting because they need to be the cooks yeah oh i literally wrote fuck this yellow yellow the cooks again they're everyone's gonna starve i said i hope taylor gets eaten by a wolverine Oh my god! Uh, Wolverine's Taylor gonna live in. Literally had this quote where she was like, "If you don't like our food, you can just starve yourself." Yeah, she did say something pretty much like that, which yeah. is like, "Fuck you!" No one should have given her power. She's a tyrant. Well, I mean, that's probably why she is in power. Like, she just creates drama. Mm-hmm. So then the kids got a re- an award, and their options were to th- choose between a bunch of different holy books. Or a putt-putt golf course. Both of which are terrible prizes. Are you serious? I would have taken the putt-putt golf course. I was upset they didn't take that. Steve, when are they going to play putt-putt? When do they have time to play putt-putt? I mean, Taylor has time to play putt-putt all the time. She doesn't do anything. No, she doesn't. But, like, it it looks freezing outside. Yeah, it literally snowed. What I do would be to just stand outside and play putt-putt, like... That's true. They're both terrible options. Yeah. They chose the holy books, which I don't really agree with because I think the pup would be more fun. It was just kind of weird. Are the kids really going to take the time out of their day to read? Yeah. I will say, though, there was, I forget which one it was. They cut to some kid, and I've never seen someone so stoked about getting a Bible in my life. <laughs> he was just like ecstatic. And I'm like, yeah. what the hell? It's just a Bible. It's not like it's Papa Golf Course. Cute. It's kind of cute. I guess, yeah. And then after the challenge, Cody and the picture of his girlfriend. He's nine. He's actually nine. He has a girlfriend. So Cody is nine years old. He gets this letter from his girlfriend with a photo of her in it. And he's like, I loved her since the, the third grade. And it's like, what grade are you in now? Dude fourth grade it's, it's kind of sad i think cody at nine was in a more committed relationship than i've been in my life <laughs> <laughs> cody really just found love he was bawling his eyes out because his he just loved his girlfriend so much i know i know it was sad i also wrote down that cody looks like he would be from ohio take that as you will <laughs> i feel like i couldn't even look a boy in the eyes until I was like 15. 
Yeah, like, I don't think I could have done that. <laughs> that is just good for Cody. Yeah, I definitely was like could talk to girls, but I could not do that kind of talking. Yeah. Too awkward. And I love how Cody goes to the saloon. So he said, quote, I go to the saloon and drink my root beer to get her off my mind. Like, how fucking cute is that? It was adorable, but I love how all these kids are going to be alcoholics. Yeah. Even at one point, Taylor is like just drinking like Sprite out of a tiny glass. She's taking shots of Sprite. Yeah, and all the kids are like, you're just sitting here taking shots. Like, what are you doing? And it's like, wait a second. This is not even a shot. She's just drinking soda out of a small glass. I just love how all the kids are there and start berating her. <laughs> yeah. And some of the quotes at that part were so good. People are just saying, like, you shouldn't be embarrassed of yourself. And then when they left, Taylor goes, have a nice day. <laughs> So the next thing I wrote down is snow. Do they have heat? Question mark. That's a very good question. Because I genuinely don't know the answer to that. I haven't seen them chop firewood. I haven't seen them light a fire. I imagine a fire would be a huge liability. I feel like they should have heat, right? Mm-hmm. They must. They must have some kind of heat. Yeah. They wouldn't just make the kids, like, freeze. Yeah. Okay, so then the next thing they're doing is they're talking about who deserves a star. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I mean, Greg didn't do a ton this week, but he wasn't an asshole. He was a good boy. I I get it, but I don't think that Greg should get a star. No, definitely not this week. Definitely yeah. not this week. I, th- I thought that Zach deserved it. He's just, he seems like a natural choice because he's the oldest, but like if he just put in an ounce more effort and was just less of an asshole and didn't like swear at everyone mm-hmm. he would have gotten the gold star like three weeks ago oh i know it's not good I, I i will say though is between morgan and zach this week i think zach deserved it more because he took charge he's trying to throw a coup overthrow taylor i think zach really stepped up this week that said I think Morgan helping with the religious service and then like all the shit she did last week with the cooks. Oh yeah, that's true. Recognize because that other girl, it was her birthday. Yeah. Which is such bullshit. <laughs> shit. So then I guess they're at the end meeting and Mike, he said something like, well, I don't know if Greg actually is working for the good of the town or for just the gold star. At the end of the day, anyone who's an adult and understands money is going to be working for that gold star because that's a lot of money, 20K. Yeah. It's not like it's 100 bucks. It's $20,000. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it just feels like the same conversations coming up again. Like, you know, Greg, does Greg deserve a star? Should we kick Taylor? Not should we kick Taylor off, but like Taylor's not doing what she should are like pulling her weight and it's just mm-hmm. like all right like i'm ready for the storyline to like advance a little bit yeah so then cody ends up leaving unfortunately but i get it he's nine he has a girlfriend he, he's doing fine on his own like he doesn't need this show yeah i'm almost 24 i don't have a girlfriend so like <laughs> who's who's really the winner <laughs> so how did you feel about him 
how he left and like how upset he was. I felt like he should have stayed. I mean, he seemed like he really wanted to stay, but he also really wanted to go home. And I loved how everyone is so supportive, but I feel bad for Campbell. Yeah. It, the whole thing was just sad. And he was like crying a lot and he was just saying how he was going to miss all of his friends and he was never going to see anyone again. And it was just, it was sad. Yeah, it was sad. I felt badly for him. I'm really curious if he regrets leaving or not. Yeah. Because I, on the one hand, like if I were nine, I'd just want to be home really badly. But yeah. on the other end of the spectrum, it's like, if you've made these friends, you're going to want to stick around to them, especially if you're going to see them again. No, it's true. So Morgan won the star, Morgan which star. I don't know if we said that yet. It was well-deserved. So what did you think when she made her call home about how excited her parents were? They seemed kind of fake excited. Yeah, I didn't buy it at all. But also, I think, like, if there's a camera crew in their house, they have to know what she's going to say already. Yeah, that's true. But they were just kind of like, oh, my gosh, wow. I'm so so proud proud of of you. you." I know. It's like you think that the parents are more excited to talk to them. Yeah. But then again, I guess it's only been, like, maybe two weeks at this point. (laughs) Which for kids is a long time, though. But for parents, not really. Yeah. But if your kid's, like, nine years old and they haven't been away from home before, like... Yeah, that's true. I will say my favorite thing is I just love how all the characters just drink their troubles away in soda. I My last note in here was I love seeing all these kids get sad and go to the soda bar. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be a sad reflection of their futures. I hope more of them do well. Like, Well, actually, I don't know how they're doing, but uh, Michael read it famous Anjay actually I don't know if he wrote the book but he was interviewed in a video that I didn't actually watch because I didn't want anything spoiled with and Olivia and Anjay looks kind of cute to be honest hmm. how much older are they than us I have no idea Mallory's was like nine right I don't remember so Olivia's 26 and Mallory is 21 or 22 so Mallory's younger than us and her sister is older than us. Oh my god. This might be a spoiler, but are Greg and Taylor siblings? What? There's this photo of them together, and they look like siblings. Greg Pheasant? No, her name's Taylor Ann Dupree. This is a weird photo, then. <laughs> Send it to me? Maybe they became friends? That's so weird. so little in that photo. She does, or he, he does? does. She was 10 and he was 15. I don't think that they're siblings. All right. So now we're going to read some comments. I got one on Podchaser. Do you want to pull one up on the Apple podcasts? Yeah. Our first review on Podchaser is from Jessica, who is the host of Gab and the Ghouls, which has been renamed to Ghoul Some Murder. She has a wonderful true crime podcast. So she wrote, Stephen and me have such wonderful chemistry on air. There's never an awkward long pause, and they know how to keep you interested in the topic. Truth be told, I'm just good at editing. Sometimes we have awkward long pauses, but thank you, Jessica. (laughs) Thank you, Jessica. Yeah, go check out Golesome Murder. Go check him out. Yeah. Um, Again, really good true crime podcast. Yeah, and thank you for leaving a review. We appreciate it. It helps us out, and it's nice to hear positive and or funny feedback. 
All right. So this one comes to us on Apple Podcasts. Um, this is from our friends at their Terrified and Tipsy podcast, which is a scary movie podcast where they drink some wine, uh, which is a lot of fun. So uh, they say, these two are so much fun to listen to and they get into some really strange things. Definitely worth a try. Keep it up. Thank so, you. Thank you, Terrified and Tipsy. We love you. Yeah. And definitely encourage all of our listeners to go check out Their podcast Theater and Terrified and Tipsy. Exactly. And also just another recent update might probably be old news by the time this comes out, but thank you everyone for helping us get to 506 followers. That's a pretty big landmark. Ooh. Thank you. We, we really appreciate over it. over to 500 today, so we're super excited. Yeah. And really appreciate all of our listeners. Yeah. So just trying to think any announcements. Again, we're going to be on Wide Atlantic Weird in a week or two. It's a great episode. We had a lot of fun recording it with Kian. Check him out. You should check him out anyway. Check out our old episodes too with him. We had a really fun time recording then. And we had another great conversation just the other day with him. We also had a really fun time going on the Geese Bumps podcast a few weeks ago. You should check them out. It was a lot of fun. It was the Werewolf Skin Mini Bump episode. And if you're interested in our older episodes, just check us out anywhere you find podcasts yeah. and mysteries. You can also check out our website, misfitsandmysteries.com. Mm-hmm. And we have a special guest coming up. We're having Michael, the Gator Crusader, come on to our podcast. We're okay. going to have a very interesting conversation with him about his business alligators in general and some animal conservation and honestly anything he wants to get into so it's gonna be a lot of fun Mm -hmm. and as always also check us out on twitter and instagram at podcast underscore misfits yes and also check out our blogs um you can find us at misfitsandmysteries.com and yes you can find us at misfitsandmysteries.com and we're gonna have a newsletter coming out soon so look out for that Oh, yeah. So stay spooky, misfits. Stay spooky, everybody. We love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.